If you're curious to engage with a lot of the topics we explore on the podcast in more creative and embodied ways, we welcome you to join us in Alchemize, our 10-week audio-based program of daily imagination practices intended to disrupt status quo ways of thinking, sensing, relating, and being. To be honest, without any grant support for our show right now, and we did just get turned down by several mainstream environmentalism philanthropies, this program and our Patreon are our primary means of supporting our labor for these free podcasts right now. We really want to remain untethered to corporate interests, and every small contribution to our Patreon or enrollment in our program Alchemize helps to ensure that we can continue producing these vital conversations that feature voices and perspectives often sidelined from mainstream media. So if you value our work and want to dive deeper with us, join us in Alchemize today at greendreamer.com slash alchemize and join our Patreon starting at just $3 at patreon.com slash greendreamer. Thank you so, so much for however you were able to support our work during these critical times. We are so deeply grateful. We have to learn our consumption habits. We have to learn our trash habits. It's not going to be sustainable in the long run unless people have that, that mindset shift from the start. If social media inherently drives mindless consumption, how can we go against that grain to reach more people with our messages promoting mindfulness, minimalism, and conscious consumerism? How may exposing ourselves to different cultures and environments shift our perspectives on sustainability? That's just the tip of the iceberg of what you'll hear today. Green Dreamer is supported by our listener patrons and our sponsor, Buns, a community where people meet every day to trade things like clothing, houseplants, furniture, and art. You can check it out first by downloading the app Buns, that's spelled B-U-N-Z, on your smartphone, and I'll tell you more later. For now, to our conversation with Manuela Barron, a Colombian-American content creator and the artist behind The Girl Gone Green, which you can find on YouTube and Instagram. If you're ready, take a deep breath and let's dive in. Hey, it's Kamea Shane, and this is Green Dreamer, a podcast for creatives, visionaries, and entrepreneurs dreaming of a sustainable future. Thank you for bringing your light. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe, and together, let's learn what it takes to thrive in every sense of the word. I didn't grow up around nature, so I wouldn't say that that was a passion or love of mine at all. It was the opposite. It was a complete girly girl. I didn't go outside. And so it's it's really interesting for me to right now to look back and see how many different lives I've lived within such a short amount of time. Mm. But it really was. I was 18 and I decided I wanted to move to France. I had this romanticized idea of living in Paris. So I was like, I'm going to just go. So I moved to Paris by myself and ended up falling into quite the journey of learning about minimalism. I started to travel. I had never really, you know, I'd been to Colombia, where I'm from, and a few places around the States, but I had never really had the opportunity to travel. So here I was in Europe being like, I'm going to go here and I'm going to go there. I'm going to go to Africa. I'm going to go everywhere, you know, being the young 18-year-old that I was. And I started learning, started really seeing the issues that were going on. And so I I had no idea that there was this beautiful nature world and that there were all these problems. 
And so that's kind of how I started the sustainability world, which led me to nature and now really finding that connection with nature and going outside. And I love being outside. I don't love the sun, but (laughs) it really was, it was leaving my comfort zone and leaving the space that I knew. And I was in. And then I noticed what was around me, which is really beautiful, but also being tainted by so much pollution and plastic. Mm. Well, you mentioned that you didn't really grow up having uh, deep connections or meaningful experiences in nature. So later on, when you learned about these issues, did you first learn about these issues that got you interested in what experiences being out in nature is like? Or did you first get to explore and really connect with nature? And then once you learn about these issues, they didn't sit right? It was a little bit of both because I wasn't traveling to rural areas. I, I was going to major cities. So it wasn't that I was encountering the outdoor world, but through the process, like you go visit beautiful parks, you go to the beach, you start noticing these things. And once I noticed how beautiful it was, and once I noticed there was such a big issue and got more and more into, I I call it the hippie worlds because (laughs) sustainability, I mean, in a way is very hippie. I started going hiking. I had never been on a hike. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, whoa, this is a thing people do. Wow. Where have I been? And I feel like I I tell people, they're like, how old are you? And I'm like, I'm five years old. Because I really feel (laughs) like I started my life in a way at 18. And I started this whole world I didn't know existed. And now I'm just exploring it and finding, you know, my path within it. Wow. So when you started becoming more aware of the environment and how your lifestyle choices impact the environment, what did that lifestyle journey look like for you starting at 18? Yeah. So again, I think my personality is a very like all or nothing person. I'm like, why not? So like moving to France at 18 for a romanticized idea is the same thing happened with sustainability. It's like once I started noticing how much pollution there was, because no matter where I was in the world, the common theme was trash. I could be in Morocco. I could be in Poland, I could be in Asia, I could be in Bangkok. Every country had to deal with trash in some system. So I realized that no matter what country, culture, that was the thing that was most relevant. And it was also causing so many issues in these beautiful places. So I kind of started looking at trash and started looking at like how much I was producing. And luckily, like I will say, I grew up, I mean, I grew up Colombian. We're we're pretty frugal in a way. Like we don't use paper towels. That concept is so foreign to us. And so like I didn't grow up with a lot of these things, but I still had a very disposable, quick, convenient lifestyle. So I started looking at what I was throwing away. And I I think I went back to my apartment after a trip. And it was the first time that I was truly living alone because I had moved from living with my family to living with a bunch of roommates. And for some reason, everyone was out of town So I was finally like by myself. So everything I was throwing away was mine. Mm. It wasn't, you know, a whole house full of of trash. It it was solely my responsibility. And like a week went by and I had a whole grocery bag full of yogurt cups, just yogurt cups. And it was shocking to me because I didn't realize I, at the time, used to eat two yogurt cups a day. It's like, wow, could I have avoided this? Could I have done something else? Could I have bought the larger container? Could I, you know, it's France. They sell yogurt and glass. It was like, wow, there's so many options I could have, so many different things I could have done to prevent this. But I had never seen it. I had never taken the time to consciously notice. I was not mindful of that practice. So I started saying, okay, how can I reduce my waste in different ways? 
went down the rabbit hole, started learning about zero waste and decided to challenge myself. So I was leaving France. I was moving back to Florida and I said, okay, I'm moving to a new city. I don't know anyone. I don't have furniture. I don't have plastic things in my freezer and fridge. Like I don't have anything. Can I do this sustainably? And so I just decided to try it. I was trying to find my furniture secondhand. I was getting mason jars. I was reading all the the few books that were out at the time. I was like following people online. I was like, I'm going to do this zero waste thing. I'm going to reduce my waste. And it was a journey. It was a journey because I, I didn't have a big budget. I was a full-time student. I was working an unpaid internship. So it was, it was like making small changes at the time. Like I remember I had a birthday coming up right after I started this. And I asked for only sustainable things. So like, you can get me a plant or this water bottle or toothbrushes. <laughs> and making just small swaps here or there and just finding my path within it. And it's changed a lot over the years. But I think that for me, it was being aware of my consumption to then move forward and see how I can reduce it. I feel like self-awareness is definitely the first step because in order to know how we're going to improve, we have to know where we are right now. And in terms of your journey, you really became self-aware when you started living alone and looking at the ways that you're personally producing. How do you think we've come to a place where collectively we're so disconnected from the impacts that we have? We don't see it. You know, people take out the trash every day, especially here in Florida. You will attract bugs unless you take out the trash every day. So in your household, you just go outside and you're dumping it in the dumpster. Actually, the dumpster in my building caught on fire yesterday. What? And I thought about, yeah, there was like a whole like firefighters, everything. I was like, what did someone throw in the garbage that it caught on fire? And I was talking to my neighbors and they said, oh, I went by the dumpster earlier. It was full of cardboard boxes. It's like, oh my God, of course it caught on fire. Someone probably put a cigarette butt in there and it caught the cardboard on fire. But then Uh. I stayed for a few minutes. I was like, why was there so much cardboard in the trash can to begin with? We don't have recycling, but you know, still there are different ways to manage that, that cardboard. So we're, we're really disconnected. We don't get to see it. I was telling someone last night here, we live by the beach. It's beautiful beaches, but we don't get the same amount of trash that the beaches in Asia get because of the currents. We're in the Gulf. There's just not that system. So we don't see the effects of climate change and of plastic pollution yet, but other people are already seeing it. Mm. So I think that that just became a thing where it's out of sight. It's out of mind. We don't need to know what we throw away. We never audit it. No one ever asks those questions. And I think that's a beautiful thing that in the recent years, all these Facebook videos and viral messages and the turtles with straws in their noses, like people have started having that conversation, which is so important because we need to be mindful of all of our actions, not just our trash, but focusing on how does everything we do have an impact. Mm. And was realizing this part of what led you to start your own YouTube channel, The Girl Gone Green, to help raise awareness? No, actually. I started The Girl Gone Green on Instagram first. It was just a place to document what I was doing, to keep myself accountable. That is my personality. I need someone else to be like, yeah, you're doing this. (laughs) Just to learn and connect with community, because at the time, I didn't know anyone who cared about the environment. It was really just me and people thought I was really weird. And so I wanted to find other people who were doing it, ask questions. There wasn't as many blogs and resources as there are now. So I wanted to be like, hey, what did you do about this? And so I started on there. And then a few months later, I did a TEDx talk at my university on 
on zero waste and plastic pollution. And then afterwards, I kept getting so many questions. And I was devoting all this time to answering the questions. And I was like sitting on my phone all the time answering questions. But I was a full-time student and I was also working full-time. So at no point did I have all this free time to sit and respond to things. It was actually someone I was dating at the time said, why don't you do video and just send them the video instead of responding to every individual question? Mm. It's like, that's ridiculous. I will (laughs) never start a YouTube channel. Like I know, why would I do that? And probably like six months later, I did it and I actually really enjoyed it. And it was a great platform to be able to have these conversations and in a more personal way that I think you don't get in photos. So that's actually how YouTube started. Well, I've been following you for a while now, and I'm constantly inspired by what you're doing. You just honestly sharing your learning lessons along your journey. And I think I became more familiar with your work when you took that long trip to Asia, when you stayed there for, was it a few months or how long were you there for? So I stayed for six months. Okay, for six months. I know that you learn more and more about sustainability along the path, but how do you think your perspective on this has shifted as you travel to different places? Oh, wow. I realized that I don't know anything. So I really, I had thought I had been doing zero waste for like two years. I was in the sustainability community. I was like, I know what I'm doing. I'm like an expert. I read books and things. And then you, you're on the field and you're actually in these issues. You're like in Malaysia talking about palm oil and you realize how just like truly ignorant you are because you don't know the true issues, the true needs that these people are having and the solutions. Like I could come into a beach in Bali and be like, oh, you just recycle the water bottles. But meanwhile, the actual Balinese people are like, they end up in the ocean no matter what we do. No matter where we put them, they will end up in the ocean. We give them to the government, it's corrupt and ends up in the ocean. We put them here, it will end up in the ocean. So like their viewpoint is the only way to get rid of this is to burn it on the beach. And so like as a Westerner, as a white person, I was like, this is what we should do. And then when you're there and you realize, wow, no, these issues are so much bigger. There's so many different. It really has to be a holistic, intersectional kind of like approach to these things because there's not one answer. And it really is for you listening. Sustainability in your town might be completely different than sustainability for me. And even in my own city, three years ago, I remember I had to convince the stores to let me use my own bags. I like cheated the system by lying. I don't recommend lying, but I told them that I had been doing this for years at their other location and they had just opened. I was like, you know, I've been doing this for years. Like, let me use my own bags. And so they let me, I posted it on social media. They saw it. They reposted my beautiful mason jar photo. And then every time I went to the store and they gave me trouble and they're like, you can't use your own bags, I would just show them the picture. Like, that's my photo on your Instagram. It's okay. And so it was really like having that education. So like no matter where you live, it's going to be really different. And so knowing that when you see information on social media, when you see information from influencers or even in books, know that you're going to have to adjust that and tweak that for your life and you, where you are, because there is not a one size fits all for sustainability. And I think that was through my trip to Asia, through my journey, like here in locally, like it has really been something I had to learn because it's going to be completely different year by year, month by month, day by day. Mm. So do you think there's a general disconnect often between environmental activists fighting against certain problems and the actual problems that they're fighting against? Yes and no. I do think that environmentalists 
have good intentions and the and they do have a basic understanding of the problems, but I find that it ends up being people get obsessed with one solution instead of being open-minded to other ways that this could work. You find it a lot in corporations. People will get so angry at the corporation for doing the sustainable thing because at the root cause, this corporation is evil or quote unquote, still contributing to so much destruction. So people will assume that like the good thing doesn't matter. And yes, in some ways that is true, but they'll focus so much on, on like tearing certain things down instead of being open to like, okay, well maybe sustainability isn't going to look a certain way. It's going to look a different way and being open to what that looks like. So in a way they are understanding the problem, but there just needs to be more communication in every industry, every activism it just needs to be kinder and open to that conversation of maybe you have to compromise. And going back to that traveling piece, traveling for me has definitely provided some of my most valuable life lessons. And I was lucky that I did most of my traveling growing up just because my family traveled a lot. And right now I no longer feel as strong of a desire to go somewhere just to be somewhere new for a weekend. And right now it's just really to reunite with family and friends. But I do really recognize the value in traveling. And I struggle with that because I think Being in new environments and exposing ourselves to different cultures firsthand, like you have as well, can help us to broaden our worldview and also promote peace and more connection. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on balancing traveling and the life lessons we can get out of that with the environmental impact of traveling itself. Yeah, I mean, traveling is one of the most (laughs) uneco-friendly things you can do because of, of the impact on the carbon offset. And It's been a challenge for me to understand too, because I wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't be having this conversation with you. I would be a completely different person if I hadn't gone out and explored and learned and then come back. So when I travel, I view it as traveling with a purpose rather than traveling. I never go on vacation. Like I don't vacation. (laughs) Most people who like know me, they're like, yeah, we tried taking you on a vacation and it just didn't work. So when I travel, I try to tackle multiple things. So like if I am going to California for work, I will make it a point to go to California for sustainability. I'll reach out to nonprofits. I'll reach out to organizations that I'm really interested in checking out to influencers. I'll try to make it a lot more full. And then I'll also see if I can see family or friends while I'm there. I try to like bundle trips, but it is really difficult because like part of me wants every single person in the world to travel because I think if we all traveled, we would make more of an impact in the long run. But at the same time, that's not very sustainable. Mm. But at the same time, these flights are are going with you or without you. And that's the important thing to remember. Like a nonstop flight from Tampa to San Francisco leaves every Tuesday, you know, at 6 a.m. And that is going to be there no matter what. So it's like you getting on the flight isn't going to be that much more of a difference. So it is a it is a balance. But for me right now, I agree. I have no desire to go explore new worlds. I feel pretty content being at home. But that also means trying to explore locally. There's so many places like I've never taken the time to really get to know Florida. How many of you haven't left your hometown, <laughs> haven't gone and, and even just done like a staycation and, and gone next door to another neighboring city? So travel doesn't have to be this huge costly thing where you go explore a completely different world. Traveling might be going to the opposite side of your town. Most towns tend to have like a north and south. Go to the south side and get to know people and have conversations. It doesn't mean having to travel halfway across the world. Mm. 
What are some of your most viewed videos about and why do you think these are so popular? I believe my most viewed video is actually an apartment tour, a studio apartment tour. And then I think the other one that's most viewed, it's like over half a million, is when I moved to Asia and sold all my things. I think those videos are really impactful because people feel stuck with their lives. They feel like they're owned by their possessions. And this minimalism movement that's been really rising in the last few years has become a solution to some people. And I don't think it is a solution. So don't think that you have to get rid of all your things that you don't. But I think that a lot of people have in the last few years bought things to make them happy. And now they're realizing more and more that that's not the case. And so reducing how much they consume and living in smaller spaces and selling their possessions seems like that. And I don't think it's the possessions itself, but rather going back to your why, like knowing your values and knowing why you're doing things and why you're buying things is the most important part. So I think that's why it's been more popular. I think minimalism's trending. I mean, zero waste is also trending. There's just the ideal life that people want, but it's, for me, I've always felt that it's not about giving these people this beautiful lifestyle, but rather giving them the tools to create their own version of that. So do you think it's a good thing and does it make you hopeful that things like minimalism and zero waste are trending right now? Hopeful, yes. <laughs> but I also, I have a feeling that a lot of people are doing it for the wrong reasons and it's becoming like an aesthetic thing instead of a true reason behind it. And if you don't have a concrete why, when things get hard and when life gets difficult, you're likely going to leave it. And we've seen it with the veganism community this year. The vegan YouTubers and bloggers all quit veganism. It's like, if you don't really know why you're doing things and you're kind of just following the next trend in the long term, I think that it could be a problem. But if we have a bunch of people doing things a little bit, like reducing how much they consume and just being more conscious of their purchases, and then that's great. Like I want a bunch of people caring about minimalism, but what I don't want is a million people doing Marie Kondo for two months and then buying everything in two months when they realize they want more. How do you deal with the frustration of being around people where you would love for them to change, but you can't get them changed because you understand that it has to come from them internally. Yes. So my big thing is just leading by example. In fact, most people don't know these things about me. I'm not one to share like, hey, I'm a blogger. Is the girl gone green? No, like a lot of people <laughs> in my life know, but I tend to just do my own thing in the situation. And so I used to work in, in corporate and I would show up. No one knew about my sustainability. I had mentioned it. I was like, yeah, I do this thing. I didn't even know what it was called at the time. Like now we have the word influencer, but at the time I was like, they were like, you're a blogger. And I'm like, I don't write blogs. I don't have a blog, but I would talk about sustainability online, but in person, I never, never preached it. So I'd show up every day and I would just bring my own containers. Like there was a juice shop on the first floor of our office building. And every day I would show up and be like, can I have this in my jar? To the point where they all knew me. They knew me by name. They're like, it's Manuela, the jar girl. <laughs> like, so I would show up with like this green juice to work every day in this like mason jar, like huge mason jar. And I would show up with like my oranges and I would take home the peels and I would just live my life unapologetically day by day by day. People started to notice They're like, why do you do that? And they would ask questions and I would explain and I would be like, this is what I'm doing. I do this thing. 
I'd be like, wow, that's really interesting. And then the next day they'd be curious. And then the next day, and then we'd have catering and I would bring a real plate into the conference room and everyone would stare at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm using a real plate because I'm going to go wash it afterwards because I'm not lazy and I'm going to wash my plate and it's going to be fine. And so after a couple years, like I probably worked there for like a year and a half. One day, right before I was about to leave that company, I was sitting at an event and at these events, they had real mugs and then they had takeaway mugs. And everyone used to always take the takeaway containers, always. Every event we did, all the clients, all the people at the company, they would take these takeaway containers, but we sat in the same conference room for like four days. Like there was no need for takeaway containers. And I would sit down with my real mugs. So I'm sitting after a year and a half working there and I look to my right and I notice that my coworkers drinking out of a real mug. Wow. <laughs> Shocking. And I look to my left and I realize my coworkers eating snacks out of one of those reusable snack bags and using a real coffee mug. I was like, wow, here I was. I never said anything. People used to ask me questions, but I just stayed unapologetically me and it clicked. You know, one of them once came into the office and said, I got a recycling bin and it blew my mind how much went into the recycling bin. But this woman was like in her forties and she had never owned a recycling bin and she was shocked by it. She like loved it. She would like tell me all about how she got a smaller trash can. And, and so my approach to life in general is Throwing your ideas on someone else, no matter what, politically, sustainability, anything, it's not going to help. People get defensive. They feel like you're attacking their way of life. And just saying like, hey, this is what I do. It's totally okay if you do what you want to do, but you have to respect me and what I'm doing. And people get so curious by it. They want to know why you're doing things. They want to know why you're going against the grain. And they, they're going to ask those questions. So that that's my theory. And it's going to take years, you know. <laughs> I know most of the people in my life – slowly have changed, but they're not there yet. And that's okay. And I'm never going to criticize someone or, or think less of someone because there's a lot of factors why people can't be as sustainable as possible. And I don't know all of them. So approach, live unapologetically and live by example. Well, the final thing I'd like to touch on is social media and consumerism. When we're talking about sustainability on social media, it is going against the grain because social media, I feel like, drives mindless consumption and drives feelings of we don't have enough. So what's been your biggest challenge growing your platform and voice on social media so you can reach more people with your ideas and work? That has been the hardest thing for me. And I'll be very honest. I always saw this as nonprofit work. Like you can't make money off this. Like I need another job. I'm not going to profit off sustainability. And for the longest time, that was my limiting belief. And I kept going off like, I don't want to grow. This is this is for a niche market. This is for, you know, people who already care about sustainability. And that's a disservice. That is a complete disservice to, to the planet. Because if we make this a thing that is only for, you know, the people who can afford this and the elite and, and the eco-minded and the people who are willing to be perfect and be completely zero waste – the planet's going to suffer in the long run. And yeah, I realized it was kind of the pivot when I came back from Asia. I was had this conversation with myself. It's like, do I want to go back to a job? Do I want to go back into marketing where I'm marketing things that really don't matter? Or would I rather try to make what I do sustainable for myself financially and also mentally sustainable? And do I want to pursue this and find a way to do that? So 
I have been finding recently, it's like, how can we make this message approachable to people? How can we make it not as extreme? Sustainability can be really easy for people who can afford it, but it's really hard if you can't. Like it is, it is not the most convenient option, I guess would be what I have to say. So it's like, how can we make this, having this conversation, knowing people's needs and finding a way to make it less scary and less all or nothing. And so that's, that's kind of been the pivot I've been doing recently and focusing more on, on visuals. Like how can I create really striking visuals that capture the attention of the mainstream? How can I get someone who's just scrolling Instagram to be like, wow, that's a beautiful thing. And they're like, wow, that's made out of plastic. That's so cool. What is this girl? And why, (laughs) what are you doing? And then hopefully she'll fall down the rabbit hole. And the big thing that I like to preach on social media anyway, is don't buy things unless you need them. Like, I think there are really great companies right now that I want to support and I want to give that option to people. A lot of times people will ask me like, where do I buy this? What do I do about this? And I want to be able to create that space where people can have those resources. But unless you need it, don't buy it. Like I was at a zero waste shop. It was opening last night and they're like, oh, do you want all these things? And we have hairspray and we have shampoo and conditioner. (laughs) And they were telling me like, what do you want? Like, just take things. It's like, I don't need any of this. This is so cool. I'm so excited that you're opening, but I don't need a single item that you are currently selling because I already have one at home and I'm not going to buy a new one until I go through and finish everything that I have at home. So I'm so excited to buy your conditioner in bulk in three months. Right. So it's having that conversation with people like, and that comes down to an education portion that we have to learn our consumption habits. We have to learn our trash habits. It's not going to be sustainable in the long run, unless people have that, that mindset shift from the start. And I know among the projects that you're working on that really captured my attention is the one that you talked about where you are creating stunning garments out of trash. And you also recently started your 30 day, the now project on YouTube. What is your ideation process for the work that you put out? And what do you think is the common thread that ties all of these things together? I normally have my ideas going on walks and I try to reduce the like amount of time between like the idea and execution because I had a really great idea last year around this time and I really went and pursued it and did it and like got a photographer and shot it. And then I was told by other people to not post it. They were like, wait until you get a big interview from a magazine and give them the photos. Like, just don't post it yet. I was like, okay, that sounds great. And a few months later, someone posted the same photo and it went viral. And I thought to myself, I sat, I still have these photos. I think I was actually thinking, I'm like, I should just post them in the next few days for fun. But like, I had that idea and I waited on it and I didn't, I was scared. I let other people get in my head of other people be like, okay. So right now for me, it's like, I have these art project ideas. I'm like, this would be really cool. It's like, okay, let's just do it. Let's just do it within a week. Like, let's let's run with it. There are ones that I have that, I mean, we'll take a couple months to actually execute, but it's been really fun to go through. Like, this is just a creative process. Like nothing, we don't know what's going to come from this. And I, I've teamed up with a really good friend of mine. Her name is Kalena Thompson. She's an amazing creative person, creative mind, and a great photographer. And she's kind of like my, my go-to teammate because I just texted her an idea and she loved it. And she like ran with it. And so it's one of those things where I can say like, 
this is it. And she'll see my vision versus like, I've called my parents and be like, Hey mom, I have this great idea for this mermaid project made out of plastic bags. She's just like, that's okay, hun. Sure. <laughs> like she didn't get it. And I remember like I made it, they helped me make it and she still didn't get it. And we were like putting on the makeup and I was wearing this purple lipstick and she still didn't get it. And she's like, Manuela, you should really take off the purple lipstick. It doesn't look good. And I'm like, no, mom, you don't see the vision. I see the vision. Don't worry about it. And like we went and shot it. And a few days later, she texted me and she said, you're right. The purple lipstick was great. <laughs> so, so it's being like, don't listen to the voices around you and rather just creating from this really authentic place of I was a very artsy person and somewhere deep down. And it's like, how can we have that come out? I think the more I've done creative projects, the more creative I've become. And the more it's like, okay, I have an idea. I, I run with it. Like I had the idea to do a 30 day challenge, which is the now project on YouTube. I hadn't made YouTube videos in like a year. I had taken like a year long break. It's like, I'm just going to do this. And I was like, you're going to do 30 videos in like a, a month. It's like, yeah, I'm just gonna give myself the weekends off and, but I'm going to do 30 videos. I had so much going on during this time period, but I still made the video, whether it was the best video I've ever made, like it really wasn't, but it was something like, I'm going to challenge myself to do this and be okay with the outcome. Like if it's great, it's great. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, that's fine. But just creating for that raw, authentic reason rather than creating for success, Mm. which I think is where a lot of people fall into that like pit of saying like, I have to make this and it has to be great. Well, sometimes it's going to be great and sometimes it's not, but just get in that habit of, of just doing things. Cause why not? We don't have the, the luxury of sitting on things anymore because we don't know where the world's going to be in a couple of years. So just do things now. Mm, just get started. Well, you are really a powerful voice in the sustainability space on social media and I would love to learn from you, what do you think we need to get sustainability and green ideas to infiltrate popular culture in this time of need? Yeah. And before this podcast started, we had actually talked about zero waste and why I don't think it is particularly the best term to make this as popular as it should be. And I think it goes into saying, how can we make smaller changes but getting people involved, getting people to take action. Because, I mean, that's that's the big thing with everything, with fitness, with motivation, empowerment. Like, how can you get people from having an idea and actually going and doing it? And a lot of it goes into having that community around you. Like, if you have someone who is going to be eco-friendly, you're more likely to, to stick with it. But if you have someone who is binge drinking on the weekends, like, that, then you're probably going to do the same. Like, we are the average of the people around us. So for me, it's creating these spaces within my local community It's working in local government, but for social media, I think it's opening the conversation to a larger audience it's to doing things. I think that sustainability right now, it's kind of become a niche. We have to be perfect. We have to, at least for me in this, this social media world, I feel like I'm being policed by a lot of very extreme environmentalists saying Like you have to think of everyone and everything has to be so inclusive and the words you use have to be perfect. Like I remember the first time I ever talked about periods, someone yelled at me because I used the word women and I was like, got it. Never use the word women and periods. So it's like people who menstruate and it's like, that's great. And that's a really great inclusive practice to incorporate. And I'm always very receptive and open to, to what people are saying, 
But in order to grow this on a larger scale, we can't focus on so many of those problems, but we have to find different ways to get this into people's attention. Like for me, that's creating art. I hope that people will see, like I have a new beautiful photo coming out on Earth Day. And I really hope that people will just see that and be like, wow, that's beautiful. That looks like it came from Disney. And just like stop and look at it and then hopefully read the 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 caption and get some sustainability and be like interested and spark that that curiosity. But I think it, it's going to take a lot of disruption. It's going to say like we no longer can just be bloggers. We have to do things that are beyond that. We have to do things that are going to get people who aren't interested in sustainability. Like I don't want eco-friendly people to follow me anymore. I want the person who is my neighbor next door who literally doesn't care about sustainability. I want them to follow me. I want to have this conversation. And to do that, we have to think like other people. We have to think like, because you can be really disconnected. I've been doing this for so long that I live in a bubble. All my friends are sustainable. All my friends compost. All my friends are like pretty much plant-based. All my friends like live this world. It's like, no, you have to remember that this isn't easy that the world around us is made for consumption and so having these conversations in a way that's going to open it up to a larger audience do you have things like clothing furniture and art lying around your home that you no longer make use of like i do well what if we could exchange them for other people's items that they no longer make use of but that we actually want like for me that would always be more houseplants When I first heard about the Buns app, I was super intrigued and excited because not only does this promote sustainability through encouraging reuse and trade, but it also fosters a sense of community with like-minded people near us. If you don't find anything that you want in exchange for what you're offering, you can also accept their currency called BITS, B-T-Z, that you can then use at an increasing number of local partnering businesses. It takes just a few seconds to download, so head on over to the App Store, search for the Buns app, B-U-N-Z, hit download, and have fun. If you're in Southern California, you may see me on there, and I hope to see you there as well. For now, to our final five. Let's power through. What's an uplifting social media account or publication you follow? I'm currently not following anyone on social media. <laughs> I have unfollowed everyone, but people who really inspire me, um, Catherine from Going Zero Waste, uh, Stevie Yeh, uh, Rob Greenfield, those are three. <laughs> what do you tell yourself to stay positive and inspired? Why not you? I think we get really stuck on the idea that someone else will do it and someone else is going to save the world and do these things. It's like, why, why not you? Why can't you take individual action? What's one thing you're working on right now for your health? Ooh, I, as of yesterday, (laughs) I have, I became a runner. Fun fact. Nice. Yeah. I decided I have all these friends running half marathons and they keep convincing me to do it. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I've never, I've never run like the lady at the shoe store was like, how many times a week do you run? It's like, ma'am, I don't, I've never run. (laughs) But um, I actually started an Instagram account to keep me accountable again. And it's, it's the girl gone fit. And yeah, I'll be tracking my journey there if you want to follow me, but uh, keeping myself healthy by (laughs) working out. Love it. What's one thing you're working on right now to live more sustainably? Hmm. For me currently, it's getting involved in local government and learning really the regulations and laws because things are 
great in theory. Like we banned plastic straws in the city I lived in. And then the state of Florida is putting a ban on banning plastic straws. So it's being able to say what? like, there's only that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, it is the most ridiculous thing there is. And it's a whole world I'm, I'm not used to. I don't know a lot of, you know, government. Like I've sat through like city hall meetings and things like that's a whole new world. Who knew? I got so frustrated. My like blood was boiling. I was like, this lady is ruining the planet. So it's, it's getting involved in, in an industry I'm normally not a part of and outside of social media and realizing how much your local regulations can affect everything. So, yeah. What makes you most hopeful for our planet at the moment? Other environmentalists and the great work that they do. The people who are ordinary people who really step up and create change and take that action. Well, we would, of course, love to keep following your journey and learning from you online. So where can we follow your work and support you online? So everything is The Girl Gone Green. And I'm on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Oh, and my new Instagram, The Girl Gone Fit. (laughs) And what final words of wisdom do you have for us as green dreamers? The biggest thing that I've learned in the last year is that you have to sustain yourself to sustain your mission. And it will be what I preach for the next six years. But you have to really focus on yourself first. It's like being on an airplane when the masks come down. They're like, put your own mask before help, your own oxygen mask before helping the person next to you. And I really believe that. Um, you have to make sure that your basic needs are met. And I think it's sustainability. We have to meet the basic needs of people to be able to have these conversations of sustainability. And so take care of yourself. Take care of yourself mentally, physically, and check in on those things before you check in on everything else. And that's that's pretty much it. But it's been a hard lesson to come by. But I really hope that people take that in mind when moving forward to be kind to yourself and you're, you know, you need to sustain yourself to sustain your mission. Remember that you have to be able to sustain yourself to sustain your mission. Green Dreamer, thank you so much for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show and it's been helpful and meaningful to you in any way, I really hope you'll consider supporting the show if you're able to and joining our Green Dreamer network. If so, you can head to greendreamer.com support for more information. If you're already a listener patron, thank you so much. Your support really helps us to continue airing two interviews per week for free to the public. So thank you so much for your support. As always, you can find our show notes at greendreamer.com slash 137 for episode 137. Reach me with feedback on how we can improve the show for you through the website's contact page. And you can find me on Instagram at Kamea Shane and at Green Dreamer Podcast. Finally, as we're wrapping up, just remember, now more than ever, Our planet needs your light to thrive. So if you haven't yet, hit subscribe and I will catch you later, Green Dreamer.